All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of What's What VR. We have returning guest Molly Phillips with us, and she's brought a friend, Paul McJulian, um, big guy in the NFL. He's got some stories to tell. We're going to maybe talk some about them. You know, Molly's got some stories. We got some more important things. Um, for anybody that doesn't remember, Molly is and McJulian are with, you know, National Youth Advocate Program. What's going on, guys? How are you? Great. Thank you. Good to be back and, and, and um, happy spring to everyone and May, a busy month. Uh, we're here to talk about National Foster Care Awareness Month, which is in May. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Give you a little update about NIAP and, and see if we can recruit some more parents. Thank you. Yeah. So how's it going for you, Paul, over there? Everything's wonderful. Thank you guys for having me. And thanks, Molly, for inviting me to participate in this uh wonderful thing that we're trying to do for foster care month that's upcoming. So looking forward to chatting with everybody and answering any questions you may have. Yeah. Well, let's get uh, some housekeeping out of the way. Um, let's start with, you know, Molly, tell us, uh, you know, what is, you know, NIAP and then what do you do there? And then I'm going to come right back, you know, to you, you know, Paul with it as well. All right. National Youth Advocate Program is a uh, fostering parenting agency. We're a national organization based out of Ohio. We've been in Louisiana since uh, August of 2019. And what we do is we recruit and uh, provide pre-service education for foster parents, train them, license them, uh, and then we place children with them. And we license therapeutic foster parents for children that might have a little bit higher needs. So all our children come from the state. We place them in homes and families. That's our mission. We want children with families uh, and, and not in uh, any kind of institutional type care. And so that's our mission. And that's what we do. And uh, we are in need of uh, families. We have some families. We service anywhere from Baton Rouge, Lafayette, everywhere between uh, down to New Orleans, over to, you know, as far as Covington, anywhere we want foster parents, we train them. Everything's virtual, online. It's easy. We, 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 we are there and with you every step of the way. So we are in need of foster parents of all ages, all backgrounds. Um, we are very open to any foster parents, couples, married, straight, gay, doesn't matter to us as long as you got a high school diploma and pass the background check and uh, you have your financially secure and can meet your economic needs every month and have an extra bedroom and, and, and are willing to, uh, to, to go through the pre-service and the home study process where we talk to you, ask you a few questions and get to know you and, and license you, you're good to go. And uh, so we need more people to do that, to open their hearts and homes to families. Yeah, that's... We do need more of that. I think we even talked about, I need to get myself in gear on that one. So, you know, Paul, give us, uh, what are you doing over there? Well, um, Molly touched on a lot of what we do, but what I will say in regards to our organization is that it's nice because we're kind of a one-stop shop. So we have a lot of things that we do all under one roof. So we offer the 24 hour uh, on-call assistance to our families. Um, we offer, of course, the treatment part of it. Uh, Molly, of course, does all of the licensing and all of the classes and the training that all of the family needs. So we kind of put everything in perspective, but it's kind of like just shopping in one place to be a wonderful foster parent to give back something to uh, a child 
that is in foster care um, without having to um, find all of these different resources and things that you need um, outside of our organization because we're able to offer all of these things, which Molly talked about um, in some depth. There is more, but she touched on the basic necessities of things that will get you started and um, some of the things that you'll need to, to become a foster parent with the National Youth Advocate Program. Paul picks up the ball after I'm finished. I, I toss the ball to him once they're licensed. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time the ball's been tossed over to Paul, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Molly's the center and I just put it off. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So for anybody who doesn't know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not the historian by any means, but, you know, Paul played a little stint in the NFL. Was it over at Green Bay? Is that right? Like for, the, it? for the Green Bay Packers, for the uh, Los Angeles Rams, a um, couple of teams over my career, but um, those two were um, quite some, you know, time and depth that I spent some time there. So I enjoyed it. It was fun. That's got to be a uh, pretty good icebreaker for some of these kids, you know, to be able to just kind of tell some of that story. Maybe they want to listen to you and then kind of work in, you know, more of the actual work, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's nice to be able to uh, speak about some of the accomplishments and some of the things that you've done to get to that level to even start with, you know, because um, in my position, it's 1%. And it's 1% of even less than that coming from a historically black university to play the position that I did because I was a field goal kicker and a punter. And of course, the emergence of African-Americans in that position are starting to grow. But when I was there, there was only three of us. So just, just to accomplish that feat in itself was um, a hill to climb and, and to have some stories and a football card and, some records broken along the way. So it, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Oh, that's good. Congratulations. Thank you. So, so you know, Molly, with, you know, with what you guys have going on, this is the big, you know, it's the big month, right? This is the, right. you know, every month is important. I always, you know, kind of make the joke, you know, on all these months. I think, I think they're important because they help the awareness, but ultimately it's not like we only need foster parents during the month of May you know, right. or May is our slump and we need to get some more. That's just the arbitrary month that was picked to, you know, kind of really bring it together. People don't go only get braces from orthodontists during the orthodontic month in October. Right. So, you know, what is, you know, we've said it, you know, it's real simple. You guys have an online program, you know, that parents, you know, not necessarily parents, anybody, you know, families can go through. Now that COVID's around, you know, it's been, you've got this online you can run through and right. looking for really that willingness, you know, to help, to serve, you know, and to fill that need because it's, I think last time we talked, I don't know if you have the numbers, but it's pretty staggering how many kids are in, you know, the foster care system that people don't think about because it's right. one of those out of sight, out of mind kind of things. Yeah. I mean, on average, um, there any given day, there are several hundred kids in foster parent 
in foster care in our area, and there are thousands of kids in the in the state, and there and there there are needs. I mean, we get uh, emails from the state. My boss, the program director, Kristen Tordoff, gets you know emails every day. Can you place this child? And if we don't have a family that's willing, or a child, you know, a, a parent that. Because uh, parents can kind of choose the parameters of what a type of child they're they're interested in fostering, we have to say no, we can't help you, and and that's hard. Uh, and so we do need a more variety of parents. Parents can have children. Parents uh, can have never had children or be older and retired and want to do this. And it's just all across the board. It just takes the willingness to have the patience, the open heart to go through the training and open your heart. You know, foster parents play an important role, but we need to appreciate part of Foster Parents Awareness Month is to appreciate the dedication and the hardness. And, you know, being a foster parent is very rewarding, but it's also very hard work. Uh, It's a a tough job to be willing to take a child that you don't know, a child that's, uh, you know, a child from hard places that's had trauma and anxiety and, you know, may have had multiple placements and has some troubles along the way. And so we want to, you know, provide that home. And so those parents that go through this training and, and, and make the commitment really deserve, you know, a pat on the back and appreciation because they're the backbone of foster, you know, our agency or, or our foster parents and the work they do. Paul is treatment coordinator, supports them. He supports the children and he continues to make it work. Like Paul said, we're on call 24-7 every day at the year, every month, holidays. And so that's what's a little bit about different about NIAP. We support our families. We will go out there anytime, day or night, if you need us and we can't resolve it on the phone, we're there for you. And so that's a little bit different about our agency from the state. State always doesn't kind of react as immediate as we do. Um, and, and they're understaffed. The state is highly understaffed and um, stretched thin. And that's part of the reason why we as an agency came into Louisiana is to help fill that gap and that need. And, um, you know, we're growing and COVID has kind of had, you know, given us some issues there with reaching the public, but we're, you know, we're overcoming it. And now that things are opening up, we hope to go to churches and civic organizations and events and have our table and do recruitment and let people know that we exist and that we need foster parents. It's such a dire need in Louisiana. Tell me this. Um, I had somebody send a question in after we last talked in. I thought it at first, I thought it was a weird question, but then I thought about it and I was like, no, I guess it's no such thing as a weird question, but it was, you know, trying to figure out can a family, when you have a foster, you know, if you've got a foster child with you, are they able to travel oh, still yes. with that foster, you know, child, or is it like, you've got a, like a, I hate to say the, it's not like a parole officer, right? You've got to get no, like no, no, permission no. to leave. You, you, you can t- absolutely, a child can go to Disneyland. They can go to Gulf Shores or, you know, Florida beaches, where mountains, wherever you want to go. You just have to let us know ahead, kind of make preparations. Paul does more of this than I do. He can probably address this better, but you have to let us know a little bit in advance. And then Paul, kind of you fill out the rest of that because you do that more than I well, do. Basically what they do is exactly what Molly just mentioned in, in short, but they just make sure that we know their accommodations, where they're going to be staying, what they're going to be doing, some of the activities that, are going to take place, not to be uh, 
per se, like you mentioned, maybe a parole officer, but just so we know what they're going to be doing and the, some of the things that the kids will be enjoying uh, while they're on vacation or um, whatever it may be, you know, one day might be a trip to the zoo, one day might be a trip to the museum, you know, that type of thing. So just as long as we know what their accommodations are um, in case there's an emergency and we're able to step in and, and help and uh, be there for them um, in case something like that were to happen. Yeah, we've had foster parents take their kids to Fort Walton Beach for a week. We've had them take them to Cajun Isle or whatever that kind of theme park is near between Latin Cajun Palms. There you go, Paul. <laughs> and uh, they've ridden go-karts and done the water, you know, swim park thing. <laughs> and they've had a great time. So, no, we encourage that. We want normalcy. We want children to do things that normal families and kids would do. And, uh, no, it's great. They, they do wonderful activities for children. So that's that's you know, highly appropriate, and we want people to do that. I even picked, I even pick them up, Mr. Brandon. I take them to um, on outings. Uh, I took two of the kids to um, on an educational uh, jaunt, I guess, of downtown Baton Rouge to show them the USS Kid and the old state capitol and some of the plantation homes and you know those types of things, and, and take them to lunch and. Uh, took them on a educational tour of the LSU campus and spoke to them about college and maybe some of the things that they want to do or, you know, because sometimes they haven't been exposed to these things, but to expose them to, to them um, gives them an idea of, of what's out there and they're able to, to see all of the wonderful things that they're able to, um, you know, look forward to as they get older. And and I'm thinking, Molly, I think we talked about this last time, but I just want to make sure every opportunity we have to, you know, get a message out, assuming, you know, we're reaching new people. Isn't there also, or maybe this could be, you know, Paul or whoever take this, there's also a need not necessarily for someone to make that, I'm thinking, right, not to make that big commitment to where I'm going to bring in, you know, a child permanently, you know, or for this long amount of time. But it's the situation where it's like we need to place a child even just in a temporary you know, place. Yes. That's you know, great. not a, like, it's a 10 o'clock at night situation where it's like, where can we place this child? We don't want them sitting in a group home right. if we don't have to. That's called emergency placements. And we do need foster families that were, that are welcome, that would open us their home to do a welcome placement or an emergency, well, it's called an emergency placement. An emergency placement typically is anywhere from two weeks to about a month. And it's only a month. I mean, you, you know, because they're trying to, they have to take that kid in, like you said, that child in quickly. And they need a home temporarily to take that child till they assess everything till they can find a permanent placement for that child. So that you can be what's called an emergency placement or you can be a foster parent that does what's called respite care, where we you go through all the training, all the background stuff, but you might only provide uh, care for the weekend. Like if foster parents just need a break, you know, want to go away for a few days or a night overnight, have some space to themselves, that you can, they'll take the child for that respite care. And they get reimbursement. All of our parents get reimbursement for taking care of children uh, because it is an expense. And, we, and most of that funds goes towards taking care of the child, obviously. But respite parents get that reimbursement as well. So, yes, we need parents for uh, emergency placements for a month, uh, up to a month. We need parents that would provide respite care for the weekend or a couple of days. 
Um, or if the parents got sick and, and something happened and they had to go to the hospital, maybe for a week or so, could you please take my child? I don't have anybody to watch these children. They would do that. So yes, you can do, you know, you can do the short term, um, and not have to do the longer term placement as well. Those are all needed. And what, um, this training that we talked about for someone who's interested, how long is this online course or to get this? Well, I work, I work, it's the, the therapeutic foster parent training is 12 sessions and they take anywhere from about an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, depending on how fast that, you know, I work with their, their pace and I work with their schedule. So it's going to be at least about 12 hours. And then there's a few mm-hmm. other trainings that they have to go through online and they have to have first aid and CPR. And we provide that through the American Red Cross uh, online training. It's four hours. So give or take, everybody could do it about a month to six weeks. I could spread it out because I do it on their time. I don't say we well, have to do it you know, all Saturday at eight hours or whatever. I work with right. parents. So it's easy for your schedule at your convenience. And I'm, I teach on the weekends, nights, weekdays, week nights, whatever. So I work with that particular foster parents individual schedule and get them trained in about four to six weeks and get them licensed. Yeah. So I think it's something easy that somebody can do. You're there to help them train. You know, we've got moms who, you know, have a big heart. You know, we can talk, you know, have them come sign up and drag the husband along and they can go talk to Paul about football stories, you know, (laughs) down the road, whatever needs to. But it's an easy, you know, it's not a hard, you know, ask. It takes a little bit of a commitment, but anything worth it does. So it just um, takes being open and in patience and wanting to do this because it's like I said, there's such a huge need and there's so many children. Um, and the, the COVID has not stopped that. In fact, it's probably even grown more in COVID more teenagers are being, you know, need care. Um, so we do need parents desperately need parents and want people and, uh, you know, give it a try and, uh, yeah. open up your home and heart. Well, I tell everybody, you got more important things to do than talk to me, but I appreciate both of you guys dropping in, you know, helping this awareness. Hopefully we can, you know, if we can get, you know, one family to open up their doors and hearts, you know, it's worthwhile. So that's right. I appreciate both of the work you guys are doing, everything. Um, and we'll do what we can, you know, yeah. thank you guys and for coming by. You've got my contact things. information. I'm sure everything's on there. So just, they can contact me at mphillips at ny ap.org or 225-335-1272. Anytime. There we another, go. another thing before we take off here in um, our organization, you know, we have that diversity and, and me being the father of a LGBTQ uh, son, you know, we uh, are very empathetic to um, and open and, and just, uh, our arms are, are open to, to children of uh, all races, all backgrounds and uh, whatever uh, issues they may have. But being the treatment coordinator, uh, I'm very empathetic and supportive of, of those children as well because uh, my son uh, being, you know, uh, an LGBTQ uh, child and, and very supportive of pride. And so just throwing that out there that we're, our organization is very empathetic to, to, to everything. So that's right. Absolutely. Very inclusive. Well, I appreciate it. You know, guys, thank you, um, thank you Brandon so much. 
love to have you back. We'll do it again. Keep getting some little updates. Um, let's talk soon. Take care. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for having us.